one word repeats that Lucy has from words that her mom said. Yeah. Especially like at the end in the market. <laughs> I forget that one. <laughs> I laughed, oh, but I can't remember exactly what she said. I think it was like cock or something. Yeah, it's it's cock yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, cuz she yeah, it is cock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Hey, Otato. What's going on? We got a podcast of Buff and the Blazer. If I was a listener, where would I go to find more? You can check us out on our website, thebuffintheblazer.com. Drew over there writes a article that goes along with every single episode. You can find all kinds of little extras on the articles, and you can listen to the podcast right there. Also, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, we're on Twitter at Buff and Blazer. Follow us there. Get those clicks, people. The Buff and the Blazer. Welcome to the Buff and the Blazer, episode 26. I'm Drew, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and yours, Mr. L. Tato. What's up, man? How's it going, my man? It's going good. Starting yeah. to feel like summer up here. Oh, yeah. Down here, too. It's getting pretty hot that time of year. I feel like the last few shows we've done, we've kind of missed the mark in terms of the quality of films that we've... Uh... <laughs> you think? <laughs> I think we've been a little bit off, so this might be a good opportunity to get back on the horse. We got a rebound here. Nice yeah. rebound on this movie. I think we got a good one here. This one that we're doing is A Good Woman is Hard to Find, directed by Abner Pastel, and you and I both saw it. What did you think? I was really uh, surprised at how good it was. From every aspect. So I watched the trailer and, and immediately I liked the, the core storyline. And what really caught me off guard was how beautiful the cinematography was in yeah. in most of the movie. And then just from like a, uh, a gore and a hardcore factor, it totally, it hit on every level for <laughs> me, except like a comedy because there's not supposed to be any comedy in this movie, so... Yeah. Every level it, it hit for like a uh, dramatic thriller. Although it has little thriller. sprinkles in there. has little tiny sprinkles of comedy right at the perfect places. I really, think. really small. Yeah. But almost like in a, like a like an evil way. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like yeah. the villain, he has a couple of funny lines. Yeah. But he's pretty evil, so <laughs> they don't come across very laugh out loud like, you know? Right. But no, I really, really liked it, man. All the acting was good. I, I love seeing lots of uh, foreign actors Yeah. in a movie, and I loved it, man. Yeah, this one's a particularly Irish film. and uh, Set in Northern Ireland, right? Yeah. So yeah. C- kind of, that's UK territory, isn't it? Yeah, to my knowledge. This is a film I've wanted to see for a while. I just really, really like Sarah Bolger as an actress. I think she's been in a lot of television, and she's a really 
she's really good at just portraying a wide range of different character types. And so when I found out she was going to be in this film and it looked pretty dark, I was like, man, I got to watch this. So we finally got it on our list and we've been talking about it for a few weeks. But when I actually got to sit down and watch it, this has to be one of the more realistic films I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Hyper realistic. It's hyper realistic. And I'm talking like on the level of like a 1917 type realism. Like this is something that could happen to anyone at any time of the day, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing unbelievable in the story at all. No. And not even just in terms of the story itself, but in terms of how it looks, the living conditions of the people in this movie, even like the gore, there's a lot of gore in this movie and it's like hyper ultra realistic. Yeah. And it's um, squirmish. Yes. It'll it'll make you cringe for sure. Yeah, for sure. But it's done so in a way where it's not meant to be some kind of like slasher porn or anything like that, murder porn. No, it serves the story. And I love how effective the director was at getting you into the mind of this main character and understanding this pain she's feeling. And that realism really gets you into that world and that mindset. And I just, I appreciated everything about this film from top to bottom. I, I was kind of blown away. And looking at Abner Pastel's filmography, this is his first feature film, if I'm not mistaken. Bravo. Yeah, it's either his first or his second, but he hasn't done a lot of features. He's, he's done mostly shorts, and he's written, he's done some TV. But yeah, this, I think this is actually his second feature film. But his last one, Road Games, was in 2015. Even still, this guy paid attention in film school, if he even went to film school. I mean, good God, it's uh, it's shot really well. It's well-directed. The story's tight. Everything just meshes well together, and I was really blown away. It's like insanely beautiful cinematography. Yeah. Contrasted with like this really kind of horrific plot line yeah. that's going down. And that's really impressive to like have this major beauty quality to how everything's shot, but it's such a yeah. dark story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you read any like synopsis or anything like that before you actually watched it? No, I think when we were when we were trying to decide what to do, I read yeah. the little bio on IMDb and that was it. It's literally one sentence. Okay, okay. A recently widowed young mother will go to any lengths to protect her child as she seeks the truth behind her husband's murder. That's all I read before I saw the movie. Okay, cool. I think this is one of those films where the least you know, the better off you are. Yeah. Because it's like even as things are developing, as the main plot gets going, and you have a, sort of a vague sense of what's going to happen, when it all kind of swings in motion and the plot starts going, it takes you back a little bit. Like it's, it's pretty startling and heavy. Yeah. (laughs) And, and very sudden. Yeah. And I love that about it. I kind of had a pretty good idea of what the film was about. And even when the main plot point happened with a certain character, even I was kind of like, Oh shit, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Like the way it did and happened so suddenly. And you're kind of like, you go from this sort of slow buildup, to being thrust right into the action. But by that point, you have a good sense of who these characters are. 
Yeah, it really it kind of caught me off surprise because we I figured this was going to be our June rendition of Hot Chick Kicking Ass. Yeah, and, and it is that movie, but it's not not what you think in terms of like her just fucking people up like uh, Lorraine no, no, in, no, no. in Atomic Blonde or anything. But it right. still does fit into that genre, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the the things I appreciate most about this film is, in a sense, it is a like a hot chick kicking ass. So yeah. I guess this covers. Yeah, it it, but it, it checks the box. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like a hot chick kicking ass at an ultra believable, realistic, and very difficult, disturbing sort of way. Yeah, it's a it's a much more uh, realistic version. I guess I would say like, you know, the spy movies and stuff are cool and entertaining, yeah. but there's a lot in there that's not very believable. Right. Right. You know, this movie, it's like just hyper realistic and really empowering on the female end. Yeah. And super graphic, dude. That's what I liked about it. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I saw the first little bit of, of, of graphic violence, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. El Tato is going to dig this. I'll just kind of like from the beginning, the character starts off in one one place and you really get the sense that the world has come tumbling down on the main character. Oh, yeah. And and she's completely lost control. When it rains, she's, it pours. Yeah, she's living there. There's a whole past to her husband and what happened to him and it's really it's tormenting her it's tormenting her kids her son in particular and they're in a place that's just completely sort of dark and gray and hopeless and it's like life is kind of slipping out of control for them and as the film goes on it's like little bits of control start to come back into her grasp in a really crazy way it, yeah and totally almost unabated by her it's just completely random almost yeah. that this happens yeah and she takes control of the situation in her own way kind of on the fly and but all because of necessity yeah that's, you know what that's i mean good. she takes it's it's really beautiful she takes like this horrible sequence of situations that happen to her and then she packages they're all bad in yeah. like every sense you know Mm -hmm. And then she packages that into a more positive outcome at the end, yeah. even though it's horrific. Yeah. And we want to be pretty tame with giving away this stuff because we want people yeah. should go see this movie because it's no. awesome. Yeah, we don't want we want to try and avoid as many spoilers as possible for sure because this movie's totally worth seeing with a with a fresh mind, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I guess the bit the big takeaway is that. You start off in a certain place, like you would expect for any film, and the plot gets going. And as the plot's going, you learn a little bit more about each character involved, and especially the main character. Like you, I feel like by the end of this film, you know exactly who that character is. And that's always a sign of a good film for me. And then where the film leaves you at the end, it's, oh, it's just really gratifying. Yeah. But... It's not just a happy ending. It's like, no, there were consequences that <laughs> led to that moment. And yeah. Consequences is a perfect word for a movie like this. 
Yeah. And y this film does a good job of showing you actions and where they take you and how people react to certain situations and the effects of those. And I think I love films like that where it's not just a good ending or a bad ending or a happy or sad ending. It's like you're really just kind of questioning yourself and you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be cheering right now or. Oh, I was I was cheering. <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. So I, I like that the director kind of leaves it in that way where it's a little more complex in terms of the way you feel about things at the end of the film. But it's you, you do feel satisfied, I think, at the end. And it's it's really cool to see. Yeah, I know I've mentioned it before, but uh, in terms of story construction, this movie is very similar to Salt and Sea, that Val Kilmer movie I told oh, you about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's very similar. Really? Okay. In terms of story construction. When did that one come out? Oh, dude, it's like maybe 2001, 2002 or something like that. Post The Saint? Yes. Okay. I believe yeah. so. <laughs> We're going to do that movie at some point, too. It's good, dude. <laughs> I don't care. I love that movie. <laughs> As the film was going on, though, like, well, let me ask you this, because I feel like I ask you this every time, and I'm genuinely curious, but could you, was the plot predictable for you, or did it kind of leave you on your toes? It was, it was kind of one of those feelings where, like, you knew bad shit was happening, and you were kind of like almost like in a horror movie where you're telling the character like, don't fucking go, don't make that bad decision. Yeah. Because it, it has the, as the, as the story really starts to develop and thicken with, uh, old Tito. Yeah. She's making some necessary choices, but then also making some really kind of poor choices from yeah. a legal standpoint, <laughs> I'll put yeah. it that way. And you're, and you're just kind of like, Oh my God, this is like snowballing of bad decisions. And like, how yeah, is this going to yeah. come back around kind of thing, you know? Right. And it does come back around, but it had, it had me, it had me anxious and like paranoid the whole movie, yeah. not paranoid. Cause I was stoned, but paranoid in the <laughs> sense of like, you get that feeling if you're like doing something illegal when you're a kid, you know, like you're yeah. TPing or knock dishing. You get that like, oh, I'm doing something illegal cops feeling. That's what this made me feel like as yeah, the story I, developed. I was just like, oh, my God, like the legal implications <laughs> of this are making me queasy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that on top of like things that are happening visually just really turn your stomach. But. I'm glad you mentioned the, the kind of stress factor, too. I was experiencing the same feeling I had when we were watching Hidden Gems. Uncut Gems. I mean, Uncut Gems. Sorry, Hidden Gems. Uncut Gems with Adam <laughs> Sandler. Like, that stress level in my stomach. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, don't do a, that. Yeah, that's don't a good that. call. You're, you're digging, like, a deeper hole for yourself. Don't do it. Totally. And, um, yeah, that's... Like, you can compare it to Uncut Gems in that sense, where this film makes you feel something physical in terms of like all the mental shit that's going on in your head. And sometimes those are like, when you get those sensory type films, <laughs> those are the ones that are hard to get out of. Like you're just completely drawn in. And this one will make you feel something in your stomach. 
Oh yeah, I, I bet it's made people puke. <laughs> this is one I wish <laughs> I could have seen in a theater. Yeah, me too. Oh man. But yeah, my TV, I, it did the best job it could. I watched it like pitch black and had this on and it was awesome. Um, was there anything in the in the story that didn't fit for you? Because for me, it, it felt like bulletproof. Yeah, no, for me too. It was so tight. Like the writing and the story structure was so tight. Even with the sort of ambiguous background in the beginning of the whole past with her husband. Yeah. You get like little drops and mentions, but even as the film progresses, you get a better idea of what's going on there. Yeah. And the way they do it too, it's not just boring like background information or boring exposition. They drop it in a way that's like very interesting and it's almost like you're building a puzzle as the film goes on. And as you're doing that, you're getting a better picture of not only like the main character and what's going on in her head, but also her past. Yeah. And oh man, it's it's so well done. And and like you said, it's almost foolproof like in terms of any plot plot holes or anything like that. I couldn't catch anything. No. No, I think the if there was one one thing that was maybe a bit over the top was the level of gangster that the main villain was. <laughs> oh, okay. That's maybe the one thing that was but it still works. Okay. Maybe just the one thing that was a little over. Like in terms of his power? Yeah. Okay. In I got that. In terms of too. his power in that uh, you know, borough or neighborhood yeah. or, you know, section of the town that they're in. Right. Yeah. What do they call it? The a... estate? Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. they called it in the show. It's like a uh I don't know if it's like a public housing type thing, but it's like apartment complexes. Yeah. Basically, that's what I took it as like low income housing. Yeah, something along those lines. That's a good point, though, because like if I had one minor criticism of the film, which didn't affect my overall experience of the film at all, was the main villain, Leo. Like you bring up a good point, like in terms of the power he has in this little town, it makes it seem like. You're kind of questioning no one else has challenged this guy. Right. And it, they don't really go into how he he gained this position or how he gained this foothold. He's got his heavy metal club, dude. Yeah, but it doesn't matter <laughs> because you believe it as soon as he busts out a hammer. So it's like. Yeah, yeah, that's because it kind of brings it back around. You know, if it is, yeah. it's just a ruthless level respect that he has. Yeah. And and he doesn't. I guess he doesn't really come across as like the super duper high level gangster. No. Like, and he's not even like the most intimidating guy on the planet or anything. No, he's a he's a normal sized dude. Yeah. Um, who loves his proper English. <laughs> yeah. Which I, anytime, I I enjoyed. Yeah. Anytime they give a character like that some kind of little quirk. It's, yeah. <laughs> it always makes it more interesting. Like the part when he's demanding those guys to give him a metaphor. Like, I actually really like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that was brutal. But, um, (laughs) yeah, he's, uh, he did a great job of, uh, just making it seem like he could bust at any point and just go completely nuts. This is, uh, Leo Miller. Uh, in the movie, but uh, he's portrayed by Edward Hogg. 
and yeah, he, he did a great job. Did you have any like last thoughts though, before we move on, like into some of these characters? No, I mean, like I said, let me ask you about the ending real quick though. Okay. Okay. Um, did it work for you? Yes. Yeah. In general on all levels. Okay. Okay. Even the fucking, uh, little pedophile threat at the very end of the movie when she gets her, she gets her little revenge on that dickhead security guard Mm -hmm. like that. It all landed so well with me. I was so happy. Yeah, and that's another strength of the story. Like little, there are little moments in there that are planted in the beginning mm-hmm. that you get to track and trace at the end, and it just shows you the growth of where people are from point A to point B. Yeah, it's uh, so well done. But yeah, same. I was completely sold on the ending, and I loved it. And it's it just because that like scene, you- that scene at the end, is after she kind of has her super triumph. But when she has her triumph, it's like she's still like fucking hysterical kind of. Mm -hmm. But that shows like the level of of uh, confidence that she's gained in herself because of her triumph. Mm -hmm. And she's just not going to take any shit from anyone anymore. Like, I I really liked that as like the the final ender, you know? Yeah. And like, this is just a small little point that you wouldn't even pay attention to. So I'll say it, but. In the beginning, uh, there's someone standing outside the market that's handing out political flyers. She takes one in the beginning. At the end, she just like was like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's like another little just way of the director saying, yeah, this character's in a different place. That's a good catch, man. I, <laughs> I, I saw that, but I, it didn't register yeah. with me until just now. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> see, that's when you have a good director, they, they track things like that. And it's, it's a huge payoff at the end. If you're looking for it, the details, man. Yeah. It's all there. So yeah, the ending was, was great on this film. Uh, I really liked it. Me too. But yeah, so Leo, the villain, let me ask you about the main girl though. The main woman, Sarah. So I played by Sarah Bulger. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen her in anything before. Okay. And she was awesome. She's kind of famous for being in that show, uh, The Mayans. The Mayans? It's like a it's a biker uh, gang like oh oh drug cartel kind of uh, TV show. It's a Latino version of Sons yes. of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. I think it's a direct spinoff, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, cool. Yeah. So she she got pretty famous because of that. Oh, I've never seen that, so that would make sense. Yeah. But I thought she did a really good job. The, the level of stress that she's under and the sleep deprivation, that's what yes. I, I thought they did a great job of with the makeup is the, the bags under her eyes kind mm-hmm. of illustrating how sleep-deprived she is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she was fantastic, man. I bought every little bit of, of her in this movie. There wasn't one part where I was like, oh, she's acting. I was like... I was so into the story that it was like I felt bad for her the whole time, you know? Yeah. And one thing I really like about her performance is she's really frantic. And you understand why when you get to know her a little bit more. And she just pulls it off in a really natural, realistic way. Yeah. Like if that were to happen to anyone that you knew or would have happened to yourself, like I could see anyone reacting the way she did. In her position. Yeah. If that were to happen. And, um, 
yeah, she just she she does a really good job of not overacting or trying to oversell those really frantic frantic emotions. And I think that's hard sometimes. Some people take it a little way over the top. Yeah. With the the frantic parts of the performance, but she does it really really well. And when her character starts to turn, she gains that confidence. You still buy it because she doesn't become you know Lorraine from Atomic Blonde. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> like she's still the character that you understand and knew from the beginning that's slowly starting to get back on the bike and get a hold on her situation. And that's really hard to do and that's one of the reasons I really like this film is because you believe that a character can go from where she started off from to where she ends up. And it's almost like she gets pushed in that direction. Yeah. Because of the, the circumstances that she keeps finding herself in. Yeah. And not, I thought they, I thought she did a really good job of portraying how she felt about the police officers with like never really addressing it in dialogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, even though she's making these seemingly really bad decisions, you can, you know, her motivation. Yeah. For essentially not cooperating with police, you know, mm-hmm. and you think you get the she totally plays off that these are just like really poor acts of judgment, yeah, and not terribly calculated. Yet she turns it all into a positive by the end, yeah. And yeah, she was awesome, man. I want to see her in more stuff. Yeah, it's like a survival instinct. Totally, that totally. Has. That's a good way to put it. Like, yeah, yeah, because she's almost like she's subjected to both fight or flight right. responses the whole movie, mm-hmm. and she executes both of them. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's really cool. She explores the explores the fight side of things, and she's like, oh. Yeah, and there's almost even a little bit of like uh, Stockholm syndrome. Oh yeah, with her interaction, her interaction with Tito, played yes. by Andrew Simpson. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I don't want to give away. I'm trying really hard to talk around everything. <laughs> and they only did really one long zoom in on her face, and it wasn't painfully long, like all no, these other no, movies. No, no. It was like the perfect amount of time. Because I even said it. I was like, "Oh, here's the long zoom in." <laughs> And before yeah. I was like, it's gone too far. Boom! Right then, it it changed, and I was like, All yeah, right. no, no, no. I, I still have kudos those scars. to the director. I'm yeah, traumatized the- from these <laughs> other Lamb and Capone long zoomings. <laughs> yeah, I. It's funny sitting down watching that. I said the same exact thing in my mind. I was like, let's see how far they take this one. Yes, exactly. And it was like 22 seconds, not yeah, a minute and a half. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, this director knows what he's doing. Cool. But like even the scenes where she's in the bathroom in the very beginning of the film. Yeah. And the camera's just on her and stays on her in a medium shot for a while. That's where you utilize those kinds of shots. And they're effective. Yeah. Not when you just have them randomly placed and they're just like, you know, 30 second zoom ins like. I think that's her introduction in the film, right? Is in the bathroom. Yeah, it is. And you can tell from how good her acting is that this woman just went through some fucking serious shit. Yeah. And then it pays off, you know, an hour and 
10 minutes later or whatever. And the way it opens too with that, those silent introductions to characters without any dialogue. Sometimes those are the most effective depending on how they're shot. Yeah. But it's it's really interesting because you get to see traces of what something that that happened to her and you're like, "Whoa. <laughs> what happened?" But you definitely get to go back and see exactly what happened. You mentioned Tito a bit. He's like the main one of the main characters, uh Andrew Simpson. What he's did you the, think of him? He's the main cog of yeah. the whole plot line essentially. He gets things play, put in motion. Oh man. For me his, he was uh, like he was like one of the more interesting characters I thought. Like he uh there was a line between him wanting to do right by her in certain ways but also just being a complete moron and like not understanding the gravity of the situation and also just being completely reckless and yeah, low just, life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. And they they try a little bit to make his character slightly endearing. Mhm. With the whole money aspect. Yeah. But at the same time, you liked I did not like him at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he he was a really good actor, wicked haircut. Yeah, his accent, I think, out of all of them, were, was one of the harder ones for me to understand. Okay. I had some subs going uh, all right. at some points with him, but uh, I bought him in that role. Like, I haven't seen him in anything else, really, but, yeah, that was great casting to me, like, in my opinion, with a character like this. Everything yeah, he, fit really well, you know? And he has, like, that look in his eyes, too, where there's that danger factor, like stranger danger. Yeah. <laughs> I almost want to have like a like a a second like spoiler discussion of this in a later podcast. It's hard to talk but about it, it know, because like it is. It's he's so the hard. main cog of the story. Yeah. And uh <laughs> he's like kind of like a villain but yeah. slightly slightly you feel like the story could go in yeah. a way where he's helping her. Particularly mm-hmm. with the you know finding out who her husband's murderer is, yeah. So it really like kind of keeps you guessing mm-hmm. on where where it's going to develop with their interaction, Sarah and Tito. Yeah, with their relationship, I could never put my finger on the pulse in terms of like where I thought it could go, and I like the point where she sees an opportunity to use him almost to get information. Yeah. And while she's kind of in a really messed up situation, that gives her some sort sense of agency. So she's not just like this helpless character. Yeah. And then by the end of that, she takes things completely into her hands. Um, oh, yeah. So it's like, I, I really like the depth they give. I mean, a lot of the characters, but mostly her. Like, I love how they don't make her. It's not like a Cinderella story. It's not like damsel in distress becomes warrior princess. <laughs> like it's not like that and i think that's the most endearing part of this film like you understand her past but you never really see her as this like pitiful character she's just those are the the cards that she was dealt with and that's what she's living in and she decides to take things into her own hands yeah and it's almost like other people see her as pitiful yeah and she's just trying to shake that off and and the world around her actually yeah exactly and and she's like pulling it all together herself yeah including her mother yeah and she was a character i actually 
at first I thought I hated, but they even develop her mom uh, by the end of the film. Her name is Alice, played by Jane Brennan. And I loved, I loved that little mini arc that they give her, Sarah, and her, the relationship with her mom. Yeah. Like, at first, you kind of get the sense that her mom was just kind of shitty to her. Like, and then as the, the, the relationship goes on, you kind of understand where they're both coming from. And that moment between them and the house when she's at her mom's house, like, later, later on in the film, I really, I really liked that little interaction they have. It's kind of tender. Oh, the tender one. I was thinking the one where they flip out on each other or the other one? No, 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 no. And that's all great, too, because you understand kind of the the scars that are there. It has a very real feel to it, you know, from a family sense. Yeah. And their relationship, like, I feel like most of the relationships in this film is, like, complex. And once you understand where each of them are coming from, you appreciate that a little more once her mom kind of breaks down. I just really like that. It's a very, what's the right word? Fulfilling, complimentary part of the story. Yeah, but very realistic, but very, I'd say. Yeah, and very, like, uh, not much screen time on it. Right. All short scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing, too. I felt like there were no useless scenes in this movie. No, like not everything's, one. Everything served the story well and kept the plot moving. Again, that's... That's just the sign of a really tight, well-constructed film. Man, like, yeah, nothing felt like it needed to be cut out at all. No, it's, it's like, it's really hard to pick apart because it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. The kids in the movie did a really good job, I thought, too. Ben and Lucy. Yes. Rudy Doherty and Macy McCauley. McCauley, yep. They were super believable. I loved how uh, Lucy kept saying, Tito. Yeah. And every time you said it, or she said it at the end of the movie, you're just like cringing. Yeah. Because you know what it's doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I know. And that's the thing, too. Like, they're just being kids. Totally. And the whole incident with what's going on in the house and and Ben. Like, you believe all of that, too. But some of my favorite moments in the film are the little one-word repeats that lucy has from words that her mom said yeah especially like at the end in the market (laughs) i forget that one (laughs) i laughed but i can't remember exactly what she said i think it was like cock or something yeah it's it's cock or something like that yeah oh yeah because she yeah it is cock (laughs) 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 oh man i loved how even even the kids have an arc like they help enhance Sarah's character in that way. Yeah. Everything kind of like the world around her reflects on where she's at in her story. And then at the end, it's the same thing. Only it's reflecting a totally different, not completely different, but believably different place that she's in at the end. Really well done. Was there anyone else that stuck out? I I'll, think I'll uh, give a shout out to uh Packy Lee Mackers in the movie. He's in oh. uh, Peaky Blinders, and he's awesome in this. He's kind of a very similar character. Oh, sweet. In this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, other than that, there's not a whole lot of characters in it. No, it's a very focused story. And the two and guys that couldn't come up uh, 
with metaphors. Sorry, guys. Josh Bolton, <laughs> Daryl McCormick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boys. Yeah. Better luck next time. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, no. Uh, I really Sarah steals the show. Yeah, she's completely. So yeah, really, really well done. Well, we mentioned it at the top of the show. I think this film looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the strongest part, I think. Yeah. Of an all-around really strong movie, the cinematography is insane. It enhances everything, I think. That's like color palette. That's getting into the heads of the characters. The film starts off. Our introduction to Sarah is her in the bathroom, and they're just shots of her kind of sulking in this headspace and most of that is her performance but the camera the way it's set up the shot selection and the way everything's framed complement everything and you see that throughout the whole film i really loved the drone shots of the town yeah me too there's a lot of good drone work and kind of like a favorite thing of mine is whenever there's like those aerial shots of a character at the very end of a film where you start off on the ground with them and then you go back up into the sky, but then they continue moving yeah, yeah, out of yeah. frame. I love that. And <laughs> that was kind of where this film ended. It seems to all have been shot at that in that location. It seems like it, yeah. Like nothing, I guess the house, I guess, could have been a studio. It could have been. But almost everything else in the movie feels like it was shot on location like the outdoor shots when they're walking around in the complex yeah where they are are just so awesome yeah like there, there's a point where she's going back to the intersection where her husband was shot uh-huh and asking member she's asking ben on if he remembers anything yeah and the camera like comes out behind they're like walking behind it and then they start to have a conversation and the camera like goes all the way around them Mm -hmm. and there's like other people walking around in the in the complex and it's all just like you can tell that's like a real real shot where they're you know just it's just a real location yeah and it's like literally one guy with a camera maybe another guy walking right next to him shooting Mm -hmm. this yeah it had just such a realistic feel to it it was insane yeah 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 and so remember the thing I mentioned last week about low angles and how they, they're meant to emphasize a character's power? Yeah. So in this film, it's used correctly. <laughs> so like towards the end of the film, as we get more shots of Sarah, they, the, the angles start to get a bit lower on her. And you start to see this change in dynamic with the cam- camera's relationship to her as she progresses as a character. Mm. And it's something you have to pick up on as you watch it. But I noticed that. And I also just really liked how they chose to frame characters in dialogue scenes. So, like, I'm thinking of the shots with, like, her and her mom at her mom's house whenever she's there. You get a little bit of the shaky camera in some of those scenes, but nothing like last week's film. No. Where it's just meant to be shaky just for shakes and giggles. Yeah, like, there's, a, there's a shakes per minute quota. Yeah, yeah, it's... This is done in a way that gives you a sense of intimacy. Like you're almost a fly on the wall in the room with them. 
And then when it would cut to shots of just her, I liked how they played around with the three, uh, the rule of thirds, where like they didn't just have her in the center of the frame or like off center. They really kind of frame her in an interesting way where there's a lot of space on one side of the camera and she takes up a little bit. And it's like, it's, it's almost like a visual representation that her, she's thinking a million things and you can see all the empty space <laughs> on the ah. side of her head. <laughs> it's really, I don't know, it just seemed really effective to me. Yeah, the dialogue scenes aren't what you think, not like over the shoulder looking at the other person and then back up. They're not like that at all. Like some when they're no. talking in the kitchen, sometimes you can, both of them are in frame, but one of them, it's the back of their head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. everything about it just had a super realistic feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know any other way to describe it. Like the pivotal scene in her house. Epic. I wouldn't even know where to begin shooting that, like how to shoot it. And <laughs> it's a mixture of giving you a peek, but not enough, but just enough to disturb the hell out of you. <laughs> yeah, and, it's gruesome, man, and, and it looks real. And that's like, that's visuals, but that's also like sound mixing too and sound effects. Oh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's chilling. <laughs> uh, yeah. That uh, hacksaw, dude. Oh yeah. Woo. Bone crunching. It's um. Yeah, it's gruesome. Is that scene will make people puke? <laughs> like pe that squeamish like, folk. Yeah. For anyone who watches this film, that's the scene that will stay with you. <laughs> <laughs> you won't forget it. And that kind of plays into the the how good the effects are. It's like nothing looks like an effect. No, 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 no. At all. Like, I feel they were, like, very thrifty with their budget, but they utilized every penny <laughs> of their budget. Like, they trimmed all the fat out and only spent time on what was necessary. Mm. And you get the feeling of everything, like, in terms of the whole production. But, like, the car stuff, the car, the car chasing and... Stuff like that. There's not a whole lot of special effects, but there are a lot of good practical effects. Yeah. Like the sequence where the car gets involved and it smashes into the back of the other one. Like, It's really stuff, good. It is good. And I, it looks like they actually smashed those two cars together. Yeah. That's probably most of their special effects budget <laughs> was just paying for those cars. But even like the scene at the very end, the, the final confrontation at the end. Okay. That was really well choreographed. Yeah. And believable. To, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It doesn't seem like at all choreographed like an action scene. Yeah. It like has she wasn't this, Tom Cruise. Almost that, this slow roll to it, you it, know? Yeah. Yeah. And you never got the sense that like she, she could anticipate another person's moves or anything. Like it all seemed like she was reacting on the fly. Man. Yeah. It's, it's just really high caliber quality stuff from all aspects of the film, like all aspects of the movie making. <laughs> what did you think of that last sequence at the end? Like the final one. The, Cause even that caught me off guard. The triumph. Yes. Yeah. I was, uh, fuck. It's going to be hard to talk about this. <laughs> well, I'll say that you get a little snippet of what might happen. I caught that like, uh, because the camera pans over to her closet at one point and I'm like, 
Okay, she. This could play into what's going to happen. Yeah, I noticed the boots were still uh-huh. there. I didn't notice that the other thing was there. Yeah. Uh huh. I thought that was in the trash bin, <laughs> so that totally caught me off guard. Yeah. And I was like, oh sweet. And then, the, <laughs> and then the fact that she, that she had her surprise for everyone, I was like, oh cool. <laughs> Because I was kind of yeah. like ex- expecting like a, a hand-to-hand combat throwdown at the end. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the way it went down caught me off guard, and I absolutely yeah. loved it. <laughs> Cause it's got, I didn't see that at all, like and, her surprise. And I will say uh, <laughs> Leo's reaction at, yeah. at the end, I loved that, dude. When he's just like a giddy schoolboy. Yeah. Right when, you know, she reveals her big reveal. Yeah, he's like, check out the balls on this chick. <laughs> yeah, dude. And he just starts crack, like, cracking up. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool to have something that gruesome come off as totally plausible and realistic in the context of the whole yeah. movie. It doesn't yeah. seem out of sorts at all considering no. the the situations that led up to it, you know? <laughs> it's so good. Oh, man. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, really well done. Um, and I, I mentioned this before in other films, but I love it whenever there's, a, like, a neon thing going Yeah. in any film. Like, the colors that come across on camera always look really good. And when yeah. she enters the club, ah, that was, and like, And it's the only at the, the end there, and I loved all the fucking hair, that was me- like pedal, the, uh... hair metal dudes headbanging in the crowd, dude. I love that shit. <laughs> there's Abner Pastel's little uh, atomic blonde moment. Yeah, totally. Blue and pink neon lights. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's summon Lorraine here. <laughs> but yeah, that was, oh man, really, really cool. Really well done. Let me ask you about uh, the soundtrack of this movie, the score. I really liked it. Yeah, it's uh, it's different. It's totally different. And uh, it was like pr- pretty loud at portions of the movie. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and I liked that. Like loud... In not a a cheesy way. Yeah, I think most films you can, if you pay attention to the soundtrack, it'll have a style. Yeah. I didn't feel that that, that way with this film. No, it's kind like of I, all over the place, right? Yeah, it, it has like this chameleon quality to it where it'll just adapt to whatever's happening. But at every moment that you do get soundtrack, I do feel like it enhances whatever's going on. I like the, the little piece at the end, like the very end of the film. It has that uh, like throwback '80s vibe to it. Yeah, <laughs> as the the shot pans out. Yeah, I let it keep rocking as soon as all the the credits rolled and everything. I just let it keep going because it was it was good and I was stoked and the shot kept going. Yeah, they no, it was a- they utilize silence really well in this movie too. It's like a, an awesome yes combination of of using them correctly. Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that that main scene in her house, I don't think there was any score there. There's, I think there's score once it it, it almost goes montagey. Oh, okay, for a bit, okay. but yeah. the the really heavy parts, I mm-hmm. there it was there was no score, and it was like, the, you know nice. what the score was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I the, like that. The marimba with. Uh, <laughs> with bones man i'm really trying hard to like think of something to to pick at in this movie and i can't 
Me neither. The one but thing I'll say is, to. though, I didn't know that uh, the black trash bag was in her closet. I thought it was just the boots, and I thought the boots were going to get her in trouble. Oh, okay. I didn't know the the other item was there. That was there. Did I you? Figured, yeah, I saw it. Okay, because they showed it earlier, and I couldn't remember. All I remembered seeing was the boots. Yeah, yeah, so it's there. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, this is probably going to come into play somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. I'm I'm just thinking about her whole idea of doing that with the trash bags and and just throwing it in people's random garbage cans. It's a horrible plan. Yeah, but it's something that I think 75, 80% of people would do. <laughs> yeah, that's situation. that's the realistic part of it. Because <laughs> on your head, you're thinking like, no, no. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. They're going to find them all, in the, you know? <laughs> They're like, this is foolproof. They could never trace this back. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was going through my head as I watched that. It made you feel like you were committing those acts because yeah. you could see the consequences of them, you know? Mm-hmm. You could see how Damn. bad of a decision it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, but so believable, it's crazy. Yeah, really realistic. And the way it gets resolved is fantastic. You know? Like, oh, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's not just one of those things like, this happened, but we're not going to tell you what the consequences are. And then it's like, she gets off and, oh, it's so hard to say it. The way the way she well, gets actually, off is okay. because of what she does. No, no, no. You bring up a really good point. So my critique in the beginning, our critique, where we said that we don't understand why this guy's in the position he's in, and we don't understand how no one has challenged him. Ah. That plays into the resolution at the end. Ah. It's like okay, finally someone decided to come and try and challenge this guy, and that's the got, news story. Yeah. Oh, cool. So that that kind of fills in that hole a little bit, I think. Yeah, I wasn't even saying it's a hole. I was <laughs> saying they they paid attention to even that yeah. small of a detail and paid it off. Yeah. So that's man. That's there goes my one critique of the movie. It's uh. Got the golf clap. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this was such a good one. Yeah, dude. Way to rebound. Good pick, man. You sh you should be picking the movies more than me. Well, no, you've picked some good ones, and I've picked some stinkers. So, but it's it's good to good to get back on the horse. I think. So, what about love hates? All right, I loved. I mean, there's not a lot of stuff I didn't love about this movie, but I'll, if I have to pick one thing, I loved how believable the story was, and I liked how real world the story was. And not in like the sense where it's real world because it's shitty and dark and grim, but real in the sense that I believe where the character's at, where she starts off, and then I believe where she ends up. Okay. And I'm totally invested in that arc, and it makes sense to me. And I don't have to suspend any sense of reality whatsoever. Like, I buy it. And for me, that's like, that's everything for me in this film. On top of all the great things we just discussed. Yeah. What about, oh, and my hates? I mean, <laughs> I didn't have a hate. No. I had one little minor maybe critique, but it got filled up. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I loved uh, 
the drone shots and that uh that circling around the shot those are like my two favorite parts of the movie probably that circling around shot when she's yeah. talking to her son for some reason i was just like wow like it just really freaking hit me yeah as like a really good like new style like almost it almost felt like an iphone like something mm-hmm. someone could film on their iphone kind of thing but in the best yeah. way possible and the other thing about that that little shot too is like it gives you a sense of kind of panic and like the frantic feel of yeah. everything yeah because like they're dizzy. like kind of far away from them yeah. And yeah, that's that's my absolute love. I love that shot. I don't really have any hates any hates in the movie to be honest. I can't really <laughs> hate on any of it. Yeah. It was great. Right. It was fantastic. Cool. All right, so this is the moment we've been waiting for. I'll let you start. Where are you ranking this film? I'm giving it five bong loads, dude. Ah, oh, sweet. It's damn good. Yeah, it's it's hard not I can't find anything wrong with it. And it's so it seems so original and so many of the actors I'd never seen before. Yeah, that I bought it. So, so much more. And it's such a realistic story. It's such like a really good example of a kind of a, a, a good thriller movie. Yeah, I think this is I think this is what thriller should be. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the genre. So five like, bong loads, dude. It's a champ. So it joins JoJo, 1917, and Parasite. Yeah. That I've given fives to. All right, cool. I think I said once before that I only reserve fives for films that really move me. And I was moved. I was completely moved by this movie. Yeah. I can't particularly say how I was moved, but I was definitely moved. Um, so I'm giving this a five. Like, it's just so well made. It's so well structured. It's an airtight story. The characters are really well developed and great. And Sarah Bolger kicks ass in this movie. Yeah. She does such a good job. And I'm so happy for her and, like, everyone involved in this movie. It's a win. I can't wait to see what else this guy cranks out. Yeah, sign me up, dude. Yeah, for sure. We'll have the uh, Buff and Blazer tracker on this guy. See what he has going on in the future. Maybe we can ask him to make an ancient history movie. Oh, yeah. Well, he has an untitled Abner Pastel project in the works, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's awesome. If it's only his second feature or whatever, freaking yeah. bravo. It's so good. Yeah. I was shocked at how good it was. Yeah, kudos. I think uh, we can call it a wrap after that, after that gush session. It's uh, well-deserved. Yeah, I can't shit on that movie. It's too good. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to shit on. Yeah, nothing. But, yeah, that's episode 26 of The Buff and the Blazer. We just discussed the really, really great film, A Good Woman is Hard to Find. Starring Sarah Bolger and directed by Abner Pastal. And we hope you guys give it a watch. It's definitely worth your time. Totally. Um, we rented it. I rented it. It was like three ninety nine, on Voodoo. Yeah. If I had known it had been that good, I would have just bought it. But 
But yeah, so give it a watch. We think you'll really enjoy it, and it will definitely have you feeling something. Thanks for sticking with us, and we will catch you guys on the next one. See you later.